In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Madam Speaker... Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? You get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman, and this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today, I'm here with sub contributor Irene Narrow. She's also the social media manager for the oldest profession productions, co-host of Good Porn in America, a podcast about porn, feminism, and comedy. And when Elise Morales isn't writing the newsletter, it's Miss Irene Marrow. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. There are so many times when people will like put a joke from the newsletter when you write it on their story and tag Elise, and she instantly will be like, wasn't me. That was Irene. (laughs) (laughs) She's an ethical one. She is. She is. So we are thrilled to have you here today to talk about the OnlyFans situation. What's going on? Obviously, last week, OnlyFans, a subscription-based website that enables creators to get paid for posting photos and videos and photos for fans. They said that they plan to ban, quote, content containing sexually explicit conduct in October while still mm-hmm. allowing nudity consistent with its acceptable use policy. In a statement, the company attributed the changes to a need to ensure the long-term sustainability of the platform in order to comply with the requests of its banking partners and payout providers. What does any of that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Amanda, that's a fantastic question. Um, I'm on OnlyFans myself, so I, I got the automated email that went out. So I was perusing it this weekend. And um, yeah, explicitly or explicit content, I think, is a very intentionally vague term so that they can kind of dole it out as they see fit. Um, in terms of the nudity, it's something that's very funny to me. <laughs> Um, I mean, none of it's actually funny, but, uh, they said that your nudity, like nudity is fine, except for anything of the anus or genitalia that is offensive or extreme. So just like you can post apps, but as long as it's not extreme. (laughs) Okay. So this, this is my primary, this obviously impacts creators tremendously limiting what they can do at all. But I think the big question is what you and your, your, others in the community are trying to figure out is uh, what exactly is being banned. OnlyFans claims it's borrowing quote explicit content, but that nudity in photos and videos would be allowed. So, but you don't creators, they don't know where the line is. They don't know how they would accidentally cross it in a way that could impact their income. Is that going to become more clear? Do you think? I doubt it. Um, I am a pretty cynical person, so maybe I'm wrong, but um, like, it seems very similar to me, like what other platforms, even just like social media do to sex workers, where there are these vague terms so that, you know, they can apply it um, to, you know, people who are less popular, probably more marginalized groups like trans people of color, disabled people, so they can chip away at who they want gone and keep the like, you know, tiny, skinny white women on celebrities as long as they want and be like, no, that's not explicit, but this is, you know, like when I got banned from 
Twitter at one point this winter. And it was like, I was reading, trying to figure out what I did wrong. And it said like, your banner photo can't like inspire sexual arousal or something. (laughs) The most subjective, like, yeah, when you read the fine print, it really is just like, we can do whatever we want. I mean, I think we know enough about the breadth of people's kinks that any banner photo could, could, could inspire sexual arousal. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. As you were talking, I mean, reading about this, I thought, oh, that's so weird that they wouldn't ever distinguish. But like you said, we've seen this happen just on Instagram to creators who, you know, people in certain bodies, it can be considered explicit and people with other bodies, it's just perfectly, perfectly fine. So you expect like a similar application. Totally. Like whenever I get uh, something taken down on TikTok, it's always for adult nudity, which I think is such a weird phrase. Like are only like teens allowed to be naked on TikTok? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how is a typical creator's income going to be impacted the day this change goes into effect? How do you foresee this happening? How will your life change? So I know, I mean, I can speak for myself and like a lot of um, people I know who are on OnlyFans. I know a lot of us make most of our money from sending out pay to open messages, which is usually explicit adult content, basically like porn. Um, So like you have all your followers, you know, and then you send it out and you're like, you can pay X amount of money to open this message. And here's what it is, you know, with a cute little fun and flirty tantalizing message. Um, and then however many subscribers will pay to open that. And that's your chunk of change. Um, so not being able to do that is going to take away a lot of money for a lot of people, I think. Um, and they're also making like, this is like their warning that, that this is happening and you have to have all of your, like, explicit content off of your page by December, I believe. Um, So we're going to have to go through, I have 460 posts on there. So we're going to have to go through and like, (laughs) so it's not even just thinking ahead, like, okay, this is when I have to stop, change my content. It's also having to do the labor of go back and remove stuff and keep track of everything you've ever done on the platform before. Yeah. And I mean, everyone, it seems according to Twitter, everyone is talking about this news. So I imagine a lot of subscribers are going to leave because they're right. there for explicit content and they don't want to pay the monthly fee. For- that was my next question. Yeah. Is that like, let's say that that creators are able to be liberal with the policy, but if, if the fans are gone, if the clans are like, well, I don't even know how, how is this message? Are they going to be able to give me the content I did before? So it's going to have a chilling effect no matter what it sounds like. Right. And I know like a lot of people are going to go to different platforms. There's a couple alternatives. They're not as mainstream or as popular as OnlyFans, but that's tough too, because like thinking in the mind of like a subscriber, if you subscribe to someone's OnlyFans, I imagine you subscribe to, you know, a few or a handful of people's OnlyFans and you're not going to sign up for every different site that you're people your fans have signed up for you're going to probably go to one so mm-hmm. you're going to like have some fans trickle out no matter like what platform totally. you why why to. is only fans the more preferred or popular one right now you know it's like <laughs> they hit the jack i think they're most user-friendly which is funny because like their interface right. honestly sucks <laughs> <laughs> um i just think I don't know how that happens when you're like the brand, it's like Kleenex or the tissue, you know, OnlyFans OnlyFans is the, the porn site. Um, It's 20%. So they take a 20% cut. That sounds crazy. But is that, how is that compared to the competitors that a lot of creators are going to have to start going to? Yeah, they take 20% and then you have to pay taxes on top of that, obviously. 
Um, which a lot of people are surprised by because people sex have workers pay taxes. Sex, yeah, they're like sex workers don't pay they taxes because they're to society. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, like, no, I, you should see my taxes. They're insane. Oh my God. Um, but I was talking to my friend over the weekend and they're on uh, Just for Fans and they said that they take 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only one that I've heard. I've never been on another one. Um, but yeah, 20% is like, you know, I'm a stripper as well. So unfortunately, I am used to uh, higher ups management taking a cut of money, which is annoying. But right now, that's kind of what the industry is. Right, right. Well, let's pivot to that. I mean, can you explain why this is like a labor rights issue? What options do sex workers and creators have if they can't be their own bosses? Yeah, totally. So um, a lot of sex worker rights issues are, as you just said, labor rights issues. And unfortunately, our voices often don't get heard because people don't respect us or think of our work as real work. Like uh, as a stripper, I'm an independent contractor. Um, so I don't get paid by the hour. I pay the club to be there. Um, I have to do tip outs at the end of the night, um, you know, stuff like that. And then like as an independent contractor, I should have certain rights and a lot of management like goes against those rights, violates those rights by like trying to say you have to be there at certain times and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a situation where you don't want to complain because you don't want to get like fucked over or like blacklisted at the strip club. You just don't have a lot of power because no one's willing to like go to bat for you is basically it. And this isn't the first time, like the, what little agency people have left has been taken away. Obviously what other types Mm -hmm. of sex workers had to like completely reorient their business because of misguided changes like this. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm new to online sex work, but I know just like the history of sex work is that sex workers are constantly, everyone's trying to, not everyone, but there's a lot of people out there who don't want sex work to exist. And unfortunately for them, it is the oldest profession. It's going to keep prevailing. And all they're really doing is setting up obstacles to make it more dangerous. But sex workers are very resilient and they do keep finding ways to adapt and change. Uh, I mean, even just the existence of online sex work, I think is amazing that, you know, we found a way to, to do our work online, um, which is in many ways safer than, than doing in person. Um, and yeah, just finding new, like, you know, sex work used to only be thought of as just prostitution. And now there's so many different sectors of, of sex work that we found ways to make money off of what people want. <laughs> And just for our audience, and I think we'll have you back on and Caitlin back on, because as you said, the reason this, these big changes happen is because people aren't aware, but seeing clients in person is described as full service sex work, right? Yes. Full service sex work. Um, exactly. Got it. So how did, I mean, how will a person who had to pivot, I guess this impacts a different segment of the, I guess, industry than uh, taking down back page. Cause that referred more to to full service, but I'm sure a lot of people when that changed were able to retain some of their income or maybe avoid less safe options because of OnlyFans. Yeah, um, I mean, back taking on Backpage was a real tragedy, <laughs> um, and it was a real result of Sesta Pasta, which yes. is trash <laughs> <laughs> legislation. Um, yeah, Backpage provided a lot of safety for, for full service sex workers. So you could yeah. screen your clients. Yeah. It was a place for, you know, to talk to each other so you could figure out who was safe. And you had time to figure out who was safe, except for, because that kind of just pushed people, I guess, 
onto the street where, um, you know, you have to decide if someone feels safe within a few seconds instead of having the time to um, screen them yourselves, which, yeah, people could go to OnlyFans, you know, to do in-person stuff. But I think it's also important to remember that a lot of online sex workers like are more myself very much included, like in the more privileged uh, category of sex workers. There's a lot of things you have to consider when doing OnlyFans. You have to have internet access. You have to have, you know, the ability to be alone to make your content, right. <laughs> <the> privacy, <laughs> you know, if you're like a mother. Um, you have to have, you know, equipment. There's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. You said there are a lot of people who would like sex work not to exist, but we don't really, this issue doesn't come up when we talk about political conversations around like morality and the far right. Who is it that really doesn't want sex work to exist and how are they able to keep influencing these decisions? Well, the big group is called Exodus Cry, I believe. Um, you can okay. fact check me on that. <laughs> it's Exodus something. Exodus yeah. is in the name. They're a real bummer. Uh, they, they, you know, they're far right Christian evangelical. Yeah, group. that's they, what it's called. <laughs> yeah, Exodus yeah. cry. They hate 
sex, sex work, the gays, they hate fun. Um, and they were quoted in, um, oh God, I always forget his name, Nick, whatever, who did the first original like piece that he wrote really irresponsibly about Pornhub that got this whole ball rolling of people being kind of rallying behind this idea of needing to take down points. Nick Kristoff, yeah. Nick Kristoff, yes. <laughs> um, and they're, they have like Trump ties, you know, and they're quite powerful. They're like, you know, their whole thing is being anti-trafficking, but they're not actually anti-trafficking. They're anti-sex work. They want to take it down. Yeah, and they have so- a lot of power and influence. So this is, I mean, the way that they're able to like motivate, I guess, ha- claim the the high ground or to be right in these scenarios is they always pull the trafficking child pornography card, yeah. which sounds very cynical, but it does get people very emotional about like, like I read and I'm wondering, I'm curious your point of view on this, that like, I think it was recently like MasterCard stopped allowing payments on Pornhub because obviously wherever you're posting explicit images, there are bad people who could post images of children. And that kind of has a direct line to this that spooked everybody. Is that concern? How does that misguide? How does that concern for child pornography and trafficking get like misapplied to policy changes? Totally. Um, That's absolutely right about MasterCard. They changed, I read an article came out a few months ago that they changed their terms of service, which is what OnlyFans is responding to. We're basically in order to comply with their terms of service, the way that sites like OnlyFans operate right now, it would make it so much tedious work and like impossible to have to like go through everyone's thing before posting it that they decided it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's more financially worth it for them to fuck over the sex orders that built their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the whole like child pornography thing, obviously child pornography and trafficking is horrible. <laughs> it shouldn't happen. Um, Pornhub did not do an amazing job at, um, Got it. screening their stuff, but, um, like Facebook and YouTube have kind of the most amount of like child pornography, but no one's really going after them. It's just interesting. Um, they are attacking like sex work sites in particular. That's and a lot. yeah. And like the, the, um, woman who drafted Sesta Fossa is now trying to make OnlyFans illegal. That was also an article that came out last week. And she's like making just like claims without any backing that like all this child pornography is happening on it. Um, uh, Yeah. And then when it comes to trafficking, that shit makes me so mad because like uh, when you really read into it, trafficking, human trafficking is mainly an immigration policy issue. Um, human smuggling happens when immigration and borders are closed. And uh, so if these people really cared about uh, human trafficking, then they should get on the immigration policy board, but they're more interested in making it illegal to jerk off to porn. So I think I have to make a quote card with that precise (laughs) to promote this episode. So you saw this coming a couple months ago for Betches. Luckily for us, you wrote an article basically that celebrities, the person that you was known about the time was Bella, Thorne, we're likely to hasten the end of access to things like OnlyFans for real sex workers. That happened. How, how did the fact that celebrities got involved, what, what factors related to that contribute to them ultimately coming to this outcome, making them yes. think that that was a decision that they could make? Um, yeah, so fuck Bella Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in the article that I wrote, like, 
my prediction because so many people, you know, celebrity, I mean, all, um, only fans, creators and sex workers were mad that she joined. And then other people, a lot of civilians were being like, no, 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 you shouldn't be mad. Like celebrities normalizing this site is going to be good for you. Cause then like more people will think it's acceptable. And like, I can see how in theory someone might believe that, but my yeah. prediction was like, no, because they're going on and they're only selling like lingerie picks and they're going to turn it into something it's not so that eventually this is not a sex worker friendly site. It's more for, you know, thin white women celebrities selling pictures of lingerie that they don't even need to be selling because they already have money anyway. Right. Um, yeah. What is Cardi B doing? on? <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Cardi, but yeah. Um, and I think like, because it came... It's interesting because like sex work and OnlyFans and decrim for sex work is kind of like in the zeitgeist right now, but it's happening at the same time of like the celebrities joining and like all this like anti-porn crusade. And I think like when the celebrity stuff was happening and then the MasterCard thing happened and it did seem like something was about to like, something really bad was about to kind of come together. And I think that OnlyFans being able to see that mm-hmm. people like Bella Thorne can make them a shit ton of money without doing porn probably yeah. helps with their decision making and deciding that they can kick porn off of the site. Yeah. I mean, what you're describing, it's like there's many celebrities who basically like appropriate. I, I was struggling with the word like the culture around stripping and sex work, the style around it. I mean, that's a lot of what you see and they're being rewarded. And the more that they do that, you're right. It's like the, the thing they're appropriating we're going to only find acceptable in the way that they do it. But my question is how could celebrities who have appropriated this and who theoretically want to give back and help the people who actually do create this content and do sex work, how could celebrities actually help? <laughs> Thank you for asking that. Cause they often don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of uh, sex work and, and a lot of stripper appropriation in celebrity like music videos and things and it is frustrating because they get praised for it and then we're still shit on and shamed and stigmatized for for doing the same thing um and if they do want to appropriate it i think the best thing they can do is use their massive platform to speak out for sex workers and talk about you know ways to contribute to help us policies that people should be paying attention to and all stuff like that fka twigs um, got some shit from sex workers after she did a lot of um, pole dancing mm-hmm. in her videos. And at first she was like very not open to listening to sex workers and was like, no, it's I'm a pole dancer. Da, da, da. And then eventually she came around and now she posts all the time of like different things you can do to help sex workers. Wow. A celebrity learning. That's mm-hmm. incredible. <laughs> Look at that. And um, so you do a lot of activism around this and a lot of like knowledge increasing around this. Tell us about your work with both the oldest profession, um, what you guys do there and your other podcasts, where can people hear more from you and the voices of other sex workers who are actually impacted by this? Yes. So the oldest profession, um, is a production company that tells better sex worker stories. We have a podcast that's hosted by our CEO, Caitlin Bailey. She is a wealth of knowledge. She knows the history of sex works, just like, unlike any, like, it's amazing listening to her talk. She just like retains knowledge wow. and then, <laughs> and then says it in a really entertaining and enticing way. Um, she's worked, she worked for decriminalized sex work. She's done a lot of activism work. Um, so I definitely recommend listening to the podcast, the oldest profession podcast. 
Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Nola's Profession, or Old Pro Inc. now is, is our at, um, which is posted by me. <laughs> yes. Um, and then um, my podcast is, yeah, Good Porn in America. We wrapped season one. We didn't mean to wrap it. We just both got really busy when the world yeah. opened back up. And we're like, I guess that's season one. <laughs> what was um, your favorite episode that you did for season one? Ooh. Because um... you guys call it the, the intersection of porn, feminism, and comedy, which just sounds... I mean, love all those things. <laughs> you know, when when the um, article by Nick Kristoff came out, we did like an emergency episode. And I think that was the most I popped off and it felt really good because I was it. really mad. <laughs> yes, I think I'll go listen to that during a workout later. Get me, get me amped. <laughs> now it's time for our Buzzworthy News segment brought to you by Dame. Putting the buzz in all the right places, making the world a happier place, one vulva at a time. So today's buzzworthy news headline is Josephine Baker, the French-American dancer, singer, and civil rights activist, will become the first Black woman to be laid to rest at the Pantheon Mausoleum in Paris, one of France's highest honors. Josephine Baker was part of the French resistance to Nazi Germany in World War II and was also an outspoken activist in the U.S. civil rights movement. During the war, she used her celebrity connections to gather information on German troop movements, which she passed on, scribbled on musical scores. I mean, how badass is that? Incredible. This mausoleum is also the burial place for celebrated French icons such as Marie Curie and Victor Hugo and only 80 other people. Baker is an OG American. She was born in Missouri, and she'll be only the sixth woman honored with a plaque there. Her family had been requesting her induction since 2013, and French President Emmanuel Macron approved it this year. That was our Buzzworthy News brought to you by Dame. My personal endorsement today is that I recently placed an order from Dame to the wrong address in my building, but the packaging was so discreet. Uh, there was no way my eight neighbor who brought it down the hall very kindly had any idea what it was. But if she had opened it, I'd have recommended she go to dameproducts.com slash sup. So to get that buzz, you can try Dame for yourself by visiting dameproducts.com slash sup. You can learn more and take the quiz to find out which vibe or product will be the perfect fit. Plus, of course, all new customers will get 15% off their first order at dameproducts.com slash sup. That's D-A-M-E-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S dot com slash sup. Thank you so much, Irene. Until the end of democracy, of I'm Amanda Duberman, and this is the Betches Sup Podcast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.